Hello, you're listening to the Rock Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show. We have a small special episode here for you. It's going to be an interview with Charlie Cleveland, who's the director of Subnautica. It's a survival game set on an alien aquatic planet in which you crash land and you have to try and get by using all the different kinds of fish and materials that you find around you. And we're just going to be asking him a few questions in light of the upcoming release on the 23rd of January, which has probably passed by the time you hear this, but ah well. But let's talk now to Charlie Cleveland. Hey Charlie, how's it going? Pretty good, how are you? Yeah, all good, all good, man. Let's talk about video games. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you guys are releasing on, it's Tuesday, right? Um, yeah, Tuesday. How does that feel? Yeah. Does it, How does it feel to finally be letting go? I'm super excited. <laughs> oh, actually, it's funny. I personally let go a few months ago because I started this project a year before most everyone else because I was doing like early prototyping. So I'm, I've been working on this game for almost five years already. And when it gets to the real heavy production stuff, that's not my happy space. So I kind of like let other people do that instead. So the past like, I don't know, four to six months, I've been doing a lot less on Subnautica. So you've just so, handed the reins over and you've let... Pretty much. I mean, I just kind of watch what people are doing and then I can like jump in if I need to to settle something. But basically no one needs me. That's what's amazing. No one, I'm just like totally unnecessary around here. Anytime someone does something that I, I disagree with, I get angry and then I talk to them and I find out they did it, uh, did it for a very good reason. And I agree. So I just stopped challenging people. They know the game. They know the game better than I do. So We've written about and talked about in the past how it sometimes feels mm-hmm. like it's uh, it's accidentally a horror game. Yeah. When you first started it, did you mean for it to be so scary? Definitely not. Definitely not. And I'm not even sure that I'm happy with the amount of horror that's in there. I mean, I guess I wouldn't say it's horror. It's more terror. But I guess people don't... We don't talk about terror games. We talk about horror games. Um, no, it's a good distinction to make. Yeah, I, there's no category, there's no Steam tag for terror for some reason, but I just realized that we should rename it terror. It's like you're scared, like the way you'd be scared of like a lion if you're in the, you know, on the savanna. Mm. Like you're fear, you're fearful for your life, but you don't think of the lions being evil or malicious or that the evil being the world being malevolent or yeah, I don't know. It's a different, it's a different thing. It's not, it's not always like that. I mean, it is often uh, a relaxing game. Yes, that's the part I like. What have you noticed about the way that different players will approach their time in the water? I mean, I think, I mean, obviously some people are so scared of, there's something that's triggering them. There's there's so many primal fears in this game between, like, you know, fear of being alone, fear of, you know, running out of air, you know, fear of suffocation, fear of, like, open spaces, fear of, like, claustrophobic environments, um there's like a lot of fears and some people will avoid the game just for that and other players seem to just relish it i mean streamers of course love it um there's all like the reaper leviathan jump scare videos and stuff but i'm actually i'm really glad all that stuff is in there i definitely am but sometimes it it overshadows kind of what you know 75 percent of the game is which is kind of serene swimming and and exploring and crafting. The, there's also um, a plot, like a, a kind of story beats that lightly burn through the whole game. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's something that a lot a lot of survival games don't bother with that. They just kind of plant you on an island or yeah. or, or in a in the wilderness and let you get get on with whatever you're mm-hmm. doing. Why did you feel it important to add a story? In? Yeah, I don't. It's funny. I'm trying to remember the exact moment. I think we just we all thought we had no idea it was going to be so much work. First of all, because we started the story two and a half years ago, and it was it has turned out to be. I don't know, maybe 40% of our development resources have gone onto the story in that time. So it's, it's been a huge amount of work, but I think it was just all about, you know, players kept it. I mean, the whole game is about mystery, right? So I think players really wanted to find, to learn more about how you got there. You know, we always had this idea, you know, I mean, we knew, we knew in the beginning, kind of one of the main story points, which is how you, how your ship got shot down. We decided a long time ago that there was going to be an alien gun. Just the only gun in the world is, you know. Have you have you played that part of the story by any chance? I've I've got I've got to that that far and a little further. Uh, yeah. Okay. So and then the reasoning behind it, you'll find out later. It's quite different than what you expect or what what you might expect. Mm. And so we kind of I don't know. It's kind of like we we kind of just experience the game along with everyone else. You know, like we're making it. Um, like actually, there's a um, Stephen King has a writing book and he talks about this where he, he doesn't know the whole plot of his stories before he starts. He just kind of makes the setting. There's something there that's attracting him to it. And then he starts listening. He talks about listening to his characters, which is like such a mind blowing idea, but we're kind of doing the same thing. We just kind of play the game and then whatever part seems to capture our imagination, we just work on that more and brainstorm stuff. And then we just kind of noodle around until we, create something that we're excited about and then other people seem to get excited about it sometimes too you mentioned there briefly about their this giant gun space gun being the only gun in the world there are very pointedly mm-hmm. no guns i think there's some torpedoes yeah. on, on the ships uh the the, yep. the submarines later but apart from that there's very, there's no guns there's no real weapons they're non blowy uppy mm. uh, torpedoes uh, it, so it, the whole the whole game mostly steers you away from attacking things why did you yep decide to design the game that way i mean that was so like when i was brainstorming this idea like in my garden in 2013 i we had just had the sandy hook shooting in newtown connecticut which at the time was the biggest shooting in the u.s and of course now since then we've had many more bigger ones but i was so angry that our government refuses to make any changes around gun safety around gun laws I was a little burned out from natural selection too. And I'm like, why am I, why am I just ready to throw myself back into this? How can I? And then I'm thinking like, and we're like adding more guns to the world. I mean, they're virtual, but are we adding to this culture of violence? And then at the same time, also trying to think about how we can make a new kind of game. Cause you want to challenge yourself and make something new. So I, for all those reasons, it just seemed clear. We, we have to make a nonviolent, we have to make a new game with you know no guns. It goes even further than that. Like a, a lot of survival games, uh, will let you turn off the survival part. You take away your hunger, your thirst meters, for instance. Yep. Um, and Subnautica opts to do the same. Uh, do you feel mm-hmm. like the genre as a whole has kind of accepted that accessibility is as important as hardcore survivalism? I guess so. I mean, it's such an easy option, and it changes the whole feeling of the game. It just seems seems like a no-brainer to include that because it i guess i think the survival stuff i mean people call subnautica survival but i don't really think of it as a survival game oh come on it is it's about surviving like 
kind of. You're stuck on a, it's what, a coral reef, you know? I mean, yeah, but... What would you rather it be classified? Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to change the classification, but to call something survival... like So, for instance, the first version the first version we released on early access didn't have food or water. Mm-hmm. That was not, those were not elements that you had to, that you had to deal with in the game. It just wasn't in there and we had no plans of adding it and people were outraged. I remember like <laughs> quite a few people writing me like, how dare you make this game without survival elements? And I just remember thinking like, I guess you're right. Like I agree with you. Like it's not, not something we had thought about, but because I don't even think of it as a survival game, even though it is, that is the theme, but, what does that mean, survival game? That you eat things? I mean, mm. I don't know. It seems very limiting. And it's not like eating things and drinking things are what... That's not the fun of Subnautica. And it's not the fun of most survival games. But the feeling of being on your own and cobbling together an existence, I guess I guess that part, in that sense, it is deeply a survival game. Yeah, yeah. But it's just a very limited way to look at it, if, that word, I think. No, that's fair. A, so- a sometimes terror game. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> alternately serene and terror. Yeah, we need a word for that. In, in one of the deeper uh, biomes, there are some plants. That they're like big floating orbs attached to these uh, kind yeah. of things, holding them up. Um, yep. And in a previous interview, holding them down technically. Ah, yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, in a previous interview with your art director or yeah. Corey, he Corey. said he said that uh, they'd originally intended to explode on contact but that didn't make the final cut yeah are there any other creatures or features that you're sad that you had to scrap i mean that one in particular we so we always there's a definitely a, a balance and a bit of a tension on the team between making a game that's like i don't know how to say saleable or marketable or for what people expect adding the traditional kind of like challenge elements and danger elements and then balancing that with kind of creating like a beautiful, serene world. And I'm really glad we ended up half and half. But so that those those particular plants were about basically adding challenge or danger to the world. And I never really cared about that stuff particularly. I mean, I think some of it is good, but we definitely all wanted it to an extent. But we just realized that um, due to being due to our world structure and how basically all those dangerous elements you can just swim over them like mm-hmm. it's really easy to avoid anything dangerous in the game except unless it's chasing you so all the environmental obstacles i mean i spent so much time trying to create like spelunky level interactions between like uh creature effects and you know creatures and plants and it just never worked because you can just basically swim around everything yeah so that was one that we cut and i'm glad we cut it because it just didn't work it just it and we still have a few elements in there as legacy that just don't really do much um i mean like the crash the crash fish work they work reasonably well but it's only because they're in caves that they work um but uh other things that i that i wish i mean no there's nothing that we cut those those interactions i would have been really happy i really wanted things like you know when you turn on your flashlight and you see like all this algae appearing all around you like mimicking the color of your flashlight and following you mm-hmm. those kind of things those experiential things i really miss but they're all just one-offs that if they i wanted them to all fit together into a nice experience like if you had another if you had um like if we had like a clam type creature that would open or close if it was you know if it saw light then you could use that lit algae collect all the algae to have it follow you and it would magnify your light 
and then you'd swim over to the clam and it would like open. You know, we, we talked about that stuff. We prototyped a lot of it and none of it really ever worked. So that's for a different game, I guess. Now that it's going for its final release, will you be adding any new biomes or creatures to it after that's done? Or are you just eager to move on to something new? Yeah, a bit of both. Um, we're going to see how 1.0 does. But the current plan, I mean, it's actually, Subnautica is a very expensive game. People think we're like super indie. And I guess we kind of are, but I mean, it's like a, probably almost a $9 million game to make. If we just like have the team making new biomes and stuff, and we're spending millions of dollars to do it. So we, you know, really has to make sure it pays for it, pays off. So we're going to be watching release closely. You know, we're about 80 or 90% sure we're going to make a paid expansion. Uh, I don't know how many we're going to do, but there is one in particular we want to do that I think would fit really well with the game. So we're, we're planning on doing that. I know we're going to do like maintenance patches and stuff like that to the main game and we'll probably add a couple small things, but we're definitely not going to just be, you know, this isn't like a game as a service where we're just going to like keep adding to it. It's a single player game and, you know, it's pretty close to done. Would the paid expansion be things that would be like new areas or new biomes? Yeah, yeah exactly. And fill out the story in different ways. We were talking about doing a, an ice world, um, like Arctic, Arctic area. Yeah. We probably, I, I don't know if we should talk about that now because I want people to just focus on release, but we definitely can chat about that more in a couple months when we, yeah, when we have, you know, stuff to show. But, but yeah, we're excited about that. But about in terms of modding, are you going to be making any effort to support that, or is that something that you can't spend time on? No, no. I mean, we spent a lot of effort and resources uh, making Natural Selection 2, our previous game, making that moddable, um, and none of it really paid off. You mean people didn't just take up on it? No, no. And if they, and anytime they did, it would just kind of fracture the community, anyways. So it's a, you know, multiplayer game. So, you know, some people want longer games. Some people want shorter games. People would like change the balance. And like we worked really hard on all that stuff and all that just kind of, it didn't really help us very much. In fact, it probably hurt us some. So I, I mean, we made the game we wanted to make with Subnautica. So it's less exciting for us to like spend a bunch of effort to have the community undo it or to make, <laughs> you know, splintered versions. I don't know. You want, you want authorial. Uh, control over I mean, this thing. yeah, I guess so. I mean, well, I, what's the point? What would be the point of people making mods for it? I mean, I love mods, but I just don't, I don't see the point. Like, what are they going to do? Make a, their own version of the story? Or, uh, and people have already made, people are, they decompiled the game and are making multiplayer right now. That's the biggest mod we already have. So, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I don't know how the heck they're doing it. Like, we can't do it. I don't know how they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, because I remember reading that you uh, said that uh, multiplayer is a no-go for reasons that... Uh, yeah. Because it just wasn't that way to begin with, so you just decided not to. Yeah, it's so much work. There's so many people on the team that are pushing for it, but it's probably not going to be... Probably not going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. What I don't know what would be... Do you, can you think of anything that people should be modding into the game? I mean, like, the multiplayer thing, if it works, if it's functional, but a lot of the time mods yeah. for multiplayer are kind of janky and <laughs> difficult to implement. Yeah, I think it's amazing anyone could do it at all. How do they get to work at all? God, I don't get it. Just on a completely different topic, have you seen the Lego that somebody made? <laughs> I have. Well, we tried... There was a few people, actually there's a German guy that did some really awesome Legos about a year and a half ago. And he actually got the attention of Lego 
you know, Lego company. Um, but I don't know if I've seen the ones that you're talking about. I think I can find a, hang on. Was a, it a Seamoth? I've got a link. Um, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Let's see, we, we, we posted about it. I'll just paste it into you. Oh my God. These, these are beautiful. Oh my gosh. I've not seen these. Okay. That rocks. There's a few different sets that people have made. Um, what? Oh, they need 10,000, yeah, 10,000 supporters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they'll have our approval if they can get 10,000 people. That would be amazing. We would love, we would love that. Yeah. yeah my co-founder here is a huge Lego fan. All right. Charlie Cleveland, thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time.